What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Whether it's LPA, yeah, cashmere, or Barantina olive oil, we wouldn't be able to bring any of our products to market without Shopify. Because think about it. You have to have so much capital up front to pay for a web developer. That web developer has to like code and build a website. And then you have to hook it up to some sort of like shipping platform with a 3PL. And then you have to figure out how to like hook that up to like all the various sales channels. It's so much stuff that the average human does not know how to do or doesn't have the capital to do. And that's why Shopify Shopify is the best. It's the commerce platform that is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So whether you are just an entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is really the only tool you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle because it puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling cashmere in a store like Davide using Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil, uh, Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform has you covered. It's absolutely unbelievable. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. And the only reason why we are really able to amplify what we're doing and do it in such a streamlined way is because of Shopify. These are things that we don't know. These are things that especially Davide doesn't know. Davide is the least tech savvy person on the planet. That's why we love him, right? He is so good at Shopify. He's so good. It was such a streamlined process. He's able to pull reports for his investors. He's able to track how much he's selling. He's able to see how long people have been online, how well it's converting. He was able to connect it to Facebook and Instagram. I mean, it's incredible. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Think about that. And Shopify is truly a global force powering Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success along every step of the way. And that's why Day has been so good at this is because anytime he gets stuck, he just uses Shopify's support. It's incredible. This possibility is powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash best. 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash best to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best. Wait, can you just repeat what you just said? Because it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, this just feels so nostalgic because a lot of people don't know this about me, but when I was in high school, I was an aspiring recording artist. I wanted to be a pop star and I would write music and I would go to the studio and it was like literally this setup. Just hearing myself in these headphones like reminds me of being in the studio. What happened with that trajectory? So I actually, I auditioned for the first season of American Idol. No! Yeah, which was like crazy. I remember there were like commercials advertising tryouts. And oh my gosh. Like me and my mom, we lived in Long Island at the time and we went into Manhattan and there was literally probably like a 15 block line mm-hmm. for the original tryouts. And this was like the season that like Kelly Clarkson won. And after like hours of waiting online, I had my first audition and like, I'm like an okay singer. I'm not like an amazing singer, Mm -hmm. but they invited me back for round two. Okay. And this is like in front of the producers (laughs) and by round two, it was all about you either had to be like the best singer or the worst singer. Oh yeah. So it was all about ratings and I was like somewhere in the middle. So I didn't get asked back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you went from wanting to be a singer to finance. Yeah, to finance, (laughs) to finance. And the finance piece was like really interesting because I've always had like this entrepreneurial itch. Like my mom was a physician and she ran her own medical practice. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like as a young girl, seeing a woman like running her own business, she always had like patients in the office. She was so busy and she was just like making things happen. Like I always aspired towards that. And so when I was younger, I had like all of these little like entrepreneurial ventures, like I would make bracelets, I would make feather pens, like, and it was just all about making things and mm-hmm. selling things. And so when I went to university, they didn't have like an entrepreneurial Where did sort you of major. I went to UVA. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so business was like the closest mm-hmm. sort of major to that. So UVA had an undergrad business school. I did that. And that's eventually how I ended up getting an internship at Goldman Sachs, which was like my first big job ever. I mean, it's a major first job. Totally. What was that like? Because you are so creative and that was just obviously essentially such a numbers based job. I am assuming that that wasn't like heart fulfilling, but it was probably fulfilling to your bank account. Yeah, exactly. Like I've always been like one of those left brain and right brain people. And for me, like, you know, coming out of school, it was just about like, how am I going to take care of myself? I had, you know, college loans Mm -hmm. and I wasn't in a situation where, you know, someone else was paying for my rent. Like I had to like Mm -hmm. provide for myself. So when it came to career paths, I was just really focused on something that was gonna allow me to have independence. And going into finance was probably like the best way to actually do that and to like save money and to make it on my own. And so I chose more of like a very like practical Mm -hmm. career as opposed to a creative career. Were there a lot of women you were working with? I'm sure that was 
More male-dominated? It was, like, very male-dominated. I actually worked for a woman, which was, like, very rare to be in sales and trading and have a female boss. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I was one of the few women on the trading floor. I was definitely, like, one of the only people of color Mm -hmm. on the trading floor. And so that was really tough because when you're showing up to an environment and you don't see a lot of people who look like you every day, it's hard to like see an example of what success looks like. Mm-hmm. And you can get in your head a lot about, you know, whether, you know, you're good enough and what people think of you. And so that whole spirit experience, I feel like did a lot for me trying to navigate creating my own confidence, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Well, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And if not, if you don't, if you're not externally feeling it, it must have been a lot of pressure on yourself. It was a lot of pressure. And because, you know, some of the other kids, like their parents worked in finance. So they kind of like grew up. Around a lot of wealthy people. Yeah. And like, you know, at the dinner table, they were talking about the stock markets and what was going on. Like, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So for the first time ever, I was in this very new environment where, you know, I had to prove myself and I just didn't have anything to go off of. In so many ways, it was probably one of the more challenging experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. But it was also like very formidable because it taught me that even if I've never done something before, even if I haven't seen other people who look like me do it, like I could figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that became like the backbone for me being able to like ultimately succeed as an entrepreneur. Because it seems like you're somebody who doesn't really take no for an answer. Completely. There's one other woman in my life who has your same energy who is very successful and is a left brain, right brain woman who also is just a problem solver. And I think we have to acknowledge that like outside of your incredible grit and hard work, that you also have like a lot of incredible talents. That's just like, you're like a little unicorn. There's not many people like you that have this like unicorn energy about them. And I mean, you've broken so many walls down. I can't imagine like also starting a brand and then you kept working on Wall Street, obviously, because you had to like make sure that you could eat food and pay your rent. How long did you work at Goldman? So I was at Goldman for seven years and it's like so crazy because like, yeah, and I was like on the same team. So I like worked my way up through the ranks and it's like crazy because if you do that and you stick around and, you know, you do the work, all that stuff. Like you can be a vice president by the age of 28. Wow. So I'm like 28 years old and I'm like a vice president in commodity sales and trading at Goldman Sachs. It was like such a big accomplishment, which is what like made wow. eventually, you know, giving that up such a hard thing to do because it became a part of my identity. It was so validating mm-hmm. for me to hold that title. What was the genesis of Briogeo? Yeah. So, you know, when I started at Goldman, it was a really interesting time. It was 2007, 2008, which was like the start of a financial crisis. Mm -hmm. It was a really crazy time to be working on Wall Street. And it was a lot like I was working days, nights, weekends. And, you know, I was basically like living at work. And unfortunately, halfway through my career in 2010, I lost my mom really suddenly in a car incident. And it was the first time that I realized that like life can be cut short, just like in a moment. Do you have siblings or is it just the two of you? I have an older brother. Yeah. 
And, you know, after that moment, I just, I actually took time off from from work. So I actually took leave. And I just started thinking more and more just about like how I was spending my time. Like this concept of time became like Mm -hmm. this totally different thing for me. And during that period, I like just had this this moment where I was like, I can't keep spending so much of my time doing something that I don't find passion out of. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, making money, having a title, it just didn't matter in the same way. And I started, you know, thinking through, okay, like what am I passionate about? Like I had no idea. And I have so many people who want to start businesses who come to me and they're like, how did you figure out how you wanted to do? And unfortunately for me, like this tragedy had to happen for me to like do the work to figure it out. But the truth is like it's there, but sometimes something has to happen Mm -hmm. for it to move you enough to kind of figure it out. So anyway, I was your process. I don't want to interrupt. but I think it's important because what was grief like for you? Yeah, I think for me, it was doing just a lot of self-reflection. Ultimately, to be honest with you, grief for me became pouring myself into something. Yeah, of course. And so during that period when I was trying to figure out what my passion was, I was trying to figure out, okay, like what were the moments in my life where I actually was like very, very happy that like I derived a lot of joy out of. Mm -hmm. And the thing that kept coming up was actually memories with my mom. My mom was a physician, but also a chemist. And we used to make so many of our beauty products at home from scratch in our kitchen. So cute. And it was incredible. Like we lived like 10 blocks away from this health food store. And we would go and buy like all these different like oils and extracts and butters and bring them home and like turn them into these like very basic but functional beauty Mm -hmm. products. And I loved that experience so much. And so when I was thinking about, you know, my passions, I was like, could I actually like do something with this? Could I actually like make this a company? Mm -hmm. And going back to your question around like what did grief look like for me? Grief looked like pouring that negative energy and that sadness into something that was going to be great and awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what I did. I like poured myself into like so much energy and it just waves through your body. Totally. It has to just go somewhere. Otherwise, I don't know how. I mean, it obviously manifests differently for everybody. Completely. But what a dream that you were able to. And what a like beautiful, special nod to your mother. Yeah, completely. And you're so right. It's like you take on this like energy force and you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for some people that can mean drinking totally. or drugs or like, you know, spiraling in the wrong direction. And for me, it just became this this concept, this idea that, you know, eventually became Briogeo. And you worked until you got your first order at Sephora, right? I did. I did. <laughs> did you have employees at this point or were you like, oh my gosh, it was just me. Yeah. It's I'm like, sorry. it's, it's so crazy. I actually have this funny photo. I got to like find it on my phone, but it was like, I was like living in this small studio apartment in the East Village. Oh, what streets? I was on 10th street between first and A. And it's so funny because I was in the I East Village. I lived on 7th and D. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were like right there. Alphabet City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because I was in the East Village the other day and I walked by my old apartment. And you know how they like, it's so weird. They like list the names. Yeah. 
And like they still had my name no. up. It was so weird. I was cool. like, yeah, yeah, but kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. And so I'm like living in this tiny apartment. And I remember one day like coming home and I was like, I just have to take a photo of my place because it looks so insane. There were like cardboard boxes, boxes <laughs> and just stuff and like packaging just like everywhere. But yeah, I mean, that's like literally what How I was doing. How were you selling it up until that point? Just DTC? So there was briochio.com, but we had like no traffic. Yeah. No one even like knew who Briochio was. And then I will tell you, like the big moment for me was when I went to this big trade show in Las Vegas. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Cosmoprof. Yeah, yeah. They still do it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like taking PTO and I got this little booth in like the discovery zone for like Amazing. all the indie brands. Wow. And I had no idea that like the buyers of like Sephora and Urban Outfitters at the time and all these places were going to be there. And that was actually how I got my first account. So actually like my first first account was Urban Outfitters. Amazing. So I was at Goldman, I was like shipping out like these Urban Outfitters orders (laughs) and it was like such a process. So cool. But then when I finally got the contract with Sephora, that's when I left my job. So there's like no way that I was going to be able to do both. Well, shipping wholesale is so annoying. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like nobody talks about that. Totally. Like how the product has to be received. And I mean, we do it with clothing. I don't know what the rules are around. Oh, yeah. We poly bag. Yeah, we crazy. have to like, yeah, it's wild. It's not just throwing things in a box and like no. putting a label no, on it. because they'll it reject your box. Exactly. And like charge you money. And then charge you money for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. And you were the youngest black woman to have your products at Sephora, correct? Yeah. So when I launched Briogeo, I was 28. When I launched my line at Sephora, I was 29. And at the time, I was the youngest black woman to have launched a brand there. And it was just such a big moment. And like looking back on it, I'm still like, it's so crazy that like Sephora took this leap of faith on me. Mm -hmm. Like I had no background in beauty. It was a brand new line. I, you know, was doing this all for the first time and they gave me this platform and this audience to sell my brand into. And still till this day, it's just, it's so crazy. But like going back to what you were saying before, just about like energy, like I almost feel like, I don't know if you're familiar with this concept of like the flow state. Mm -mm. It's basically when you are so aligned with your energy and what it is you want to do and you have no doubts and you just are like almost like relentlessly pursuing this thing you get into this flow state where things just start happening the way they should that this morning i had a two-hour strategy meeting and at the end of it i looked at the two people i was talking to and i said it's all happening exactly it's all i just feel this energy like the it's lining up the timing is perfect i have this crazy energy going through me yes that's that's like literally i'm in my flow state yeah yeah totally and so i was just in flow state and just you know all these things like the people who were telling me no looking back on it i'm like oh my god i'm so glad they told me no Mm -hmm. because if that was a yes that would have been such a bad isn't it crazy when you think about all those things that could have gone because it takes really one little thing when you're doing all of this to just be a nightmare completely and can set you on really the wrong path exactly seems like sephora is a great partner i mean they were the first people to sign up for the pledge right yeah yeah they were they were one of the first and then they started Sephora Accelerate, which is like an incubator mm-hmm. for BIPAC founders to help them with retail readiness. So I'm a mentor in that. Cool. And they've just, yeah, I mean, they've they've just been incredible. 
Aurora, I had Aurora. I mean, Aurora's a friend, and then I had her on the podcast the other day, and we nice. were talking about the pledge and. She was like, yes, yeah, Sephora signed up like instantly. And then she was like, and then it became a real thing because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. She just like put it out there. And then she was like, oh, I need to like make this happen. Totally. So cool. Yeah. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day because this is your baseline. This is your perfect baseline of all the yummy things that you need to start your day. So no matter how busy your day gets or what kind of crazy stuff goes on, you know that you've given your body everything that it needs to thrive. I drink AG1 first thing in the morning. I just mix it in water. Sometimes I put it in a smoothie. For the most part, I love just like chugging it before my workout. And it helps me feel like I'm really ready to take on my day. Like I'm doing something that's so good for my body and my brain, giving my whole body everything that it needs. Since drinking AG1, I've noticed that I'm so glowy that I am way less bloated. I mean, I've been taking this stuff for years. If you've been following me, you know that I bring the little travel packets with me everywhere, especially when I'm traveling and eating stuff that I'm not used to eating because it makes everything much more digestible. It helps save time and money. It makes life so much easier with just one scoop because with that one scoop, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, you're getting probiotics, you're getting whole food sourced ingredients, you're getting adaptogens. It's really incredible. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Just go to ag1.com slash best. That's ag1.com slash best. Go check it out. Support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane and perfect timing, honestly, because Summer is in full force and my wardrobe is very Jenny Kane forward because Jenny Kane is the quintessential California brand through and through. Their summer staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. It's like minimalist and effortless, but super refined. I love their flowy slip dresses and I'm obsessed with all the cardigans. My mother always steals the cardigans. It's like actually crazy because they're so good. And not to mention, they have the most incredible home essentials. Hello, my entire living room is all Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is here to help you live your best summer yet. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their first order. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to lead you through this because you're going to want to get the cove dress and you're going to maybe also want to get the road dress because those are perfect for summer occasions. Also, the new day dress is quickly becoming my go-to everyday uniform. I get compliments every time I wear a Jenny Kane dress. And they're known for their luxe cashmere sweaters. Like I told you, my mom steals them all the time, but they do summer cotton better than anyone. So the Chloe cardigan is what you're going to want for your beach days. And the cotton fisherman sweater is a bestseller all year. It's just to die for. And like I said, you can find your forever pieces at jennykane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use code BEST15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code BEST15. Like getting dressed, be one last thing to worry about. So, okay, you're like, I quit my job. I'm all in. That must have yes. been scary and amazing. Who was your first hire? Like, how did you scale? And I think this is where entrepreneurs make a lot of mistakes is in this, you know, relinquishing some power, trusting other people. So tell me about like that process. Totally. So, you know, starting out, I actually, it was really interesting. Like I knew 
Well, actually, taking a step back, like the VC landscape in beauty is so different today than it was 10 years ago when mm-hmm. I launched. Yeah. Now VCs are giving beauty brands funding that haven't even launched yet. That was not the case when I launched. And so for me, my only funding options, because I wasn't profitable, was either using my own savings mm-hmm. or getting like an angel investor. Yeah. And so I literally started, I was like on the pitch scene, like there was this like angel investing scene in New York where you would show up to like this hotel convention ballroom and there would be like all of these entrepreneurs and these tables and you would just line up and you'd give like your five minute elevator pitch. Whoa. And I was like constantly doing this. That was like the only way for me to like figure out how to get money. Were there people there that you know now? Yes. There is someone who was actually, he pitched the same angel investor as me and who is now like a pretty successful Amazing. beauty entrepreneur. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. And so you were able, that worked? That worked, but I mean, it didn't happen overnight, yeah. especially because there weren't, you know, many females that were, you know, in this whole circuit. And then also too, like all the investors were men mm. and knew nothing about beauty or like what it could be. And so that made it even also, harder. Also, you were really one of the first people to do clean. Right, e- exactly. So there were all these things that thing. hadn't been like proven out yet. Yeah. And so I just got really lucky and I found this incredible angel who did not care about, you know, not, not that he didn't care, but he didn't understand the product, but that wasn't why he was investing. Mm-hmm. He was like, for me, it's not about the product, it's about the person. Of course. And he's like, out of all of the entrepreneurs that pitched today, your passion was so infectious and that's what I'm placing my bet on. And it was like, it was so incredible. And I feel like it did so much to like validate me, to Mm -hmm. give me confidence, to give me that like, you know, boost I needed, all of that. And so you still, I'm sure you're still friends with this yeah, person. Yeah, I am. I am. He's yeah. probably very proud in, in oh, and multiple I made him a lot of ways. money too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so that's really kind of how I started off. I mean, I blew through that money so quickly because, just, and yeah. you know how it is. It's like so. But I will say, having a big retailer starting out helped give me cash flow that I could reinvest mm-hmm. back into the business. And I feel like without that, it would have been a lot harder to have gotten so far just bootstrapping. Yeah, because, you know, you have to raise so much money. You know, I'm sure you've met so many people who have put their whole life into companies and have like 5% of it. Which is crazy. It's horrible. I know, yeah. I know. And so that was something that was important for me too. I'm like, you know, the whole reason for me starting this company is so personal. I feel like I'm on a soul journey for mm-hmm. me to not have equity ownership in my company. No, it was just horrible. like not even a thing. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, we've gone through that a lot with our, my husband has a brand and I, when we have went together and then I, it's, and I've done it, we've done this multiple ways, you yeah. know, cause there's different brands and I'm just like, I will never not own. But I, but then I was at dinner with somebody who's really successful the other night and he was like, whatever, like you can own 80% of a brand that's doing, you know, that's worth yeah. $1 million or you can own 10% of a brand that's worth $100 million. You know, there's no like right way. But I do think that having to have the pressure of paying back a bunch of people and raising money and raising money and raising money and being so deluded, I couldn't, from a moral perspective, it, I, I would just get like exhausted. Completely, especially early on. Because I think for me, I think one of the things that 
helped me a lot is that I was so focused on my business and not the things that you just described mm-hmm. that I was able to like really take that energy and funnel it the right way. I mean, I eventually did take on a private equity partner, but it was at a point where I had already scaled it to a totally. certain point so I could maintain a yeah, majority of that company. Point, how are you going to get just where it, the millions of dollars coming from to fulfill exactly. your inventory and everything? Completely. I mean, it's like not right. And so that's when that. totally. And that's when that question that you posed around, like, you know, do you want to own, you know, whatever percent of, you know, something small or something big, like really became the thing that I had to think through. And I was like, you know, I want to see this through because I know the potential it has, mm-hmm. but I don't want to like shortchange my company because I don't want to give up anything. So I had to give up something to get it to that next level. Yeah, of course. But that's also, you know, it's like dating or something. And then that's also energetic. Like yeah. you have drew in energetically the right yeah. partner for you. Exactly. Which is a big part of this process. It's almost like when you're on Jeopardy and it's like, you know, the answer to the question, but like the, you can also make like the wrong money bet. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah exactly. It's like a combo right, right, exactly. <laughs> where it's not even about how much, you know, but like you can really mess up totally. if you like double down on something and somebody else doesn't, which is exactly like so wild. There's so many different ways to go, which I'm sure must be so fascinating for you as like a mentor and somebody who now invests, you've invested in many brands, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing all different kinds of, because all of this is new. It is. It is. It's all weird and new. I know. (laughs) It really is. It's so new. And like, yeah, I started investing, doing my own angel investing, which is kind of crazy that like I was. Who was your first brand? Oh my gosh. What was the first brand that I invested in? Oh my goodness. I know just that first year I invested, I invested in several brands. I invested in like Edom. I invested in gold wellness. I invested in veracity. There was like a handful. So cool. Yeah. But actually, I think like my first first investment was actually in a fund because my private equity group let me invest in their next fund, which was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice of them. Totally. Yeah, I know. Like Like, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So what was the... Like just getting to like the marketing aspects of things, right? What was that process like? Because now you have the brand and it's doing well and like, you know, to find an an identity and then to turn that into something that actually like, you know, turns into sales via the internet. Like what was that process like? Totally. So I got to tell you, like when I launched my brand, I mean, there was so much happening from like a marketing evolution standpoint and beauty mm. So when I launched, it was like the rise of the beauty sampling boxes. It was like the Ipsies and the Birch Box and mm-hmm. the FabFitFun. And they were all looking for these cool, unique brands that people, you know, didn't know about. Fun. Those yeah. companies were like single-handedly changing people's brands' lives Come by being included in this. Completely. And so we were literally like at the peak of all of that. Cool. And so just even within like our first couple of years of being in business, like we had gotten Briogeo in the hands of millions of people through those boxes. Wow. And that was such a big part of like, you know, in conjunction with Sephora, like those two things like put mm-hmm. us on the map in such a big way. And then there was the rise of the YouTube beauty influencer. Mm-hmm. And there were a few just mega influencers that loved Briogeo that were like organically talking about us and we'd see these huge spikes in our business 
And then we were like, well, what Who happens? Did that? If, Who did yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, well, maybe we can like, you know, create a partnership and do more of this. So cool. we started doing that. And then that took us to the next level. And then in 2017, when we launched Scalp Revival, we were the first like prestige hair brand to launch in Scalp. And I remember mm. when I was like pitching Sephora, it was like this foreign thing. They were like, scalp care, really? And I was like, yeah, because if you think about it, you know, scalp care is so foundational to hair health. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, your scalp is an extension. Like, but a large part of a black woman's life is scalp care. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. So there was like this moment where we had to like convince Sephora to like let us launch this. Yeah. And we did. And it was so transformative. We won like our first Allure Best of Beauty Award that year. Incredible. It became like one of the top selling, you know, scalp shampoos at Sephora. I mean, it was just there were just all these different milestones that just continued to like build Incredible. upon each other. Do you think your mommy has a little bit to do with that? Oh, totally. Yeah. And so like when I talk about that flow state again, like I'm a very big like energy person. It's like. I think part of it too is like having this like angel energy. It's totally. like having someone, this energy that like wants you to succeed, that's like helping to fuel it. Like without a doubt, that is is part of it. Mm. My father passed and then my husband's mother passed like a year later. Oh, wow. Back to back. And so we're always like certain things will happen and I'll just be like, thank you. Dad. Yeah, completely. Because like, there really is just this like other. It little, is. It kind is. of an angel help, right? Completely. I'm going to tell you something that you need to add to your weeknight dinner rotation. And that's buying the Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. Because I had these things growing up and I knew after a busy day, you know, if my mom would pick me up from school, we'd run a bunch of errands and then we get home and it like wouldn't be that much time before it was dinner She'd like pull out one of those Pillberry Crescent Roll tins and I'd be like, we are going to eat good and we're going to eat soon because it's the easiest, quickest meal to make because you can just roll up anything in these things. I'm telling you, filling up a Pillsbury Crescent with delicious ingredients transforms the Crescents from a side dish to a main dish. And with Pillsbury Crescents, it's easy to fill, roll and bake especially for picky eaters. I'm going to tell you what my favorites are. Okay, first of all, duh, pizza. All you have to do is put in some delicious tomato sauce or fresh tomatoes and some mozzarella. Maybe you want to put in some salami or some vegetables, anything delicious. Um, I also am like a big chicken broccoli cheese girl. <laughs> like that's insane. And the website has a million ideas for like varieties on ham and cheese. You can air fry this. They also have a chicken bacon ranch. Also put Nutella in them. If you put strawberries and Nutella in a crescent roll and bake it, it's the most fabulous show-stopping dessert. I know, I know you wouldn't think about that, but I'm telling you right now, they're super fabulous. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle and it's the best dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. You can find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Westin hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance all your well-being while you're away. Because like, obviously we all love to travel if we can, but it's also kind of like annoying getting off your routine. And maybe sometimes you don't sleep your best or eat your best. And that's why Weston is here for you. 
Because at West End, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options. First of all, they have the West End Workout Fitness Studios, which are fabulous and equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You can go on a group run led by West End's Run Concierge, which is amazing. It'll show you the beautiful little local hikes and runs around the hotel. And you can do your own thing in your guest room with the West End's Gear Lending Program. How cool is that? They bring up fabulous gear, like they have bala bands. It's so amazing. Plus, you can eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu. The Weston chefs have crafted dishes for your well-being in mind, so you can choose what's right for you based on portion size, nutritional balance. And then you can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep. Did you know that Weston makes their own beds, and they're called a heavenly bed? And you can buy them for your own home because people are so in love with these beds that they're now available for purchase. They are cozy and fabulous. You're going to get a great night's sleep and you can wind down naturally with their Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tension and soothes the senses. Weston Hotels are also part of Marriott Bonvoy, which is an extraordinary portfolio of hotels and award-winning travel programs. At Weston, you can move well, eat well, and sleep well on the go. Find wellness at Weston. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. So you sold a majority of your stake, or did you sell all of it? So when I raised private equity with VMG in 2019, I sold a minority stake at that time. And part of it was like, you know, we needed money for inventory. We needed money to do like bigger, bigger marketing programs. Mm -hmm. But also too, like, I think one of the trickiest things, like I feel like every founder has that thing that they kind of like struggle with. And for me, it was like building the right team. I had never built an organization before, like, I, I, I had no idea. How are you supposed like, to what know was, how to do that? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so my private equity was like really helpful with helping me to like place a CFO for the first time, mm-hmm. finding like a chief operating officer. And so I think it, for me, it wasn't just the money, but I really did need like a strategic partner to mm-hmm. help me with the team piece, because I will tell you, you probably know this yourself, like half the battle is just having the right people because you can't do it all. No, and I think there's, that's the most important thing. And it's the hardest thing when this brand is your child. The intention behind the brand is so personal. right? And you just want to be in control of everything, but that will kill the brand. A hundred percent. How are you supposed to just from a bandwidth perspective? There's no way. How are you supposed to do everything? I mean, you have a nice foundation of working in one of the hardest jobs over time nonstop. So it's not like you went from like walking in an office at nine and leaving at five. Right. what I all say to so many like freelancers or people who want to be entrepreneurs. I'm like, you don't even have to go into an office right now. Like the grit that you have to have to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, exactly. You can't go from like waking up at nine and stopping to work at four and taking like a nap in the middle definitely of the day not. to like running a team of people. It's definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, that must have been a really formative moment for you on it many was. levels. And it's hard too, because it's like, there was a point where I was like this one woman show and I was doing everything, it was working. But then you have to say, okay, this isn't sustainable. 
but I have to trust these people who I'm bringing in to do as good of a job or better than me at the stuff to keep it going. And I think that's really, really difficult, Mm -hmm. you know, to one, find people who can do that, but also, you know, to have that trust because one of the things that I've learned is that people really thrive in their work when you give them the freedom to mm-hmm. do what they do well. Totally. So like micromanaging people. It'll kill or like try, it'll it, Exactly. So Nobody that's, wants to be micromanaged. Right. It, exactly. And so that's why you have to hire the right people. But then you also have to like, you know, develop as an entrepreneur to step back and let, you know, your people lead and do the work that you hired them to do. How do you feel about where Brioche is right now? Oh my gosh. So last summer in 2022, we actually had an official exit. So we exited the business to the Wella company. And that was really strategic for a lot of different reasons. One is because a lot of people don't realize this, but I'm sure just like with fashion too, it's so capital intensive. Yes. Like so much of our cash is literally sitting in a warehouse in the form of inventory. And so there was going to come a point where I would need to raise again and raise again and raise again. And then it would get to the point where I owned very little of my company. Yeah, nobody realizes. I was talking about this the other day. With, it's like, OK, cool. You can get yourself to 50 million. At that point, there's a whole other level of giant problems that can take you under really easily. Exactly. A hundred percent. So, you know, part of it was finding a strategic partner that could give us that financial infrastructure But then so much of our next growth trajectory was actually going from the Sephora and Ulta actually into professional with the stylists and the Mm -hmm. salon. So that's something we'd never done before. And we needed help and strategic support. And so Wella is, you know, one of the largest professional hair businesses in the world. And so being able to have that resource and leverage them to do that well was so, so important. So there were just a lot of synergies that like made sense to get Briogeo to the next level. And now you're able to have time to do other things like your website. Yes. Which we yes, can talk about. Totally. So on International Women's Day, I launched a content site under my name, nancytwine.com. That's really focused on putting out content to help other female entrepreneurs navigate the different stages of their business, which is something that I didn't have when I was starting out. So all of the decisions that I was making from, you know, what entity to choose to how to set up marketing campaigns. I mean, there are just like dozens and dozens of topics. There was no playbook. There was you no be rule charging book. for this website. I know, I know. Like, I'm like so. doing it all for free. I'm like, at some point I got to like figure out how to monetize this thing. Um, and so, so yeah, so kicked that off in April and have been working with writers to develop that content. It's and now, great content. Because by the way, you. I don't think people understand. I'm sure you get, what, 100 messages a day from young girls saying, how do I do this? I have a good idea. Can you mentor me? Which is so great. Yes. But impossible. But it's, just, it's impossible. And once you open the DM, it's yeah, going to be right, this right, right. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm so busy and you don't want to be rude, but you want to be a, that, whim, that woman leader. hundred percent. So now you've just floated all into exactly. a Like I can't tell you how many people have like reached out and like, oh, check out this article. Like I just wrote about that, you know? And it's so, crazy. Yeah. And then I have like an Ask Nancy that I do every so month great. on the site. And so I'm thinking about ways to like really kind of evolve, you know, the content to not just have it be about my experience, but bringing in other people to to amplify their stories and lessons learned and things like that. But 
it just feels really good to be at a point where I can now sort of evolve what I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. and spend time doing some of those other things too. I think people owning, so like I launched like a website a year ago and a couple of people were like, what, like a blog? Like, is this, and I was like, (laughs) everything. Yeah. yeah. If you are somebody who puts content or businesses into the world, Mm -hmm. having your own site that yeah. you own with all your IP that people can go and reference completely is genius and people need it. And it's nice because maybe they're going to like not need to DM you because you can go on the site and kind of like search through it or look it up. There's only so much you could do on Instagram and Instagram shouldn't own all of that. Exactly. I totally agree. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think ownership of content is, you know, really, really important and having something that is, you know, really sort of becoming like this archive of tools and resources, I think will give me like the ability to sort of evolve and, and just have control over where it goes next. And by the way, now you have data on what your followers want from you. Exactly. Which just as your own brand is priceless. I mean, that's how you're going to grow yourself. Completely. Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, the feedback has like, you know, been so, so great. And yeah, I'm excited. I have some really exciting new announcements that will be happening next year as I sort of like extend some of the things that we're doing. I think we should end with a piece of honest advice, not that you would not be honest, but I think for that, for that young person who's saying, I don't know what my thing is, but I want to be an entrepreneur, which I always find kind of hard because I'm like, Everyone should just be working until that moment kind of comes naturally. But what advice would you give to somebody who knows they want to be an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. I would probably say work at it. (laughs) I would be like, get a job. Totally. totally. But what would you say to them? So I think the biggest thing, and I see this happen a lot and it like kind of like irks me a bit, but like I get it. I find a lot of people who are like obsessed with the idea of becoming an entrepreneur And they come up with ideas that they think will be scalable or that, you know, will have like a a big M&A prospect. And they're already just like thinking about the end goal. Mm -hmm. And I actually think in so many ways that's a recipe for disaster because one of the biggest parts of what makes an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial successful is being able to weather the inevitable ups and downs Mm -hmm. and the storms that naturally happen. And if you're not doing something where you're rooted in passion, it is so easy to give up. It's so easy to walk away from it. And so my biggest piece of advice is that you may not necessarily know what your passion is right now. I didn't know, Mm -hmm. but like work towards figuring that out and be honest with yourself and only do something that's rooted in authenticity because without that, I think it's going to be really, really challenging to, you know, make the most of the opportunity. So I think being authentic and doing something that you have soul connection to mm-hmm. is so important. Oh, what a great way to end. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. So nice to meet you. This oh my was gosh, wonderful. this was so fun. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. 
And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.